Kathy, I want to know if, you know, well, first of all, let me just say happy Mother's Day. I haven't said that yet. My apologies. Thank you. What kind of things do you do to help your kids along on their spiritual journey? Because I think most mothers are, are just, you know, desperately trying to figure out, well, you know, how do I help my kids spiritually? Maybe my husband isn't, isn't lifting his game. Maybe he's not the spiritual leader he needs to be. So, mm-hmm. so there you go. It's back on my shoulders again. How do I, how do I help my kids grow spiritually? Do you have any tips for the mothers that are listening today? Oh gosh, well, a prayer is is powerful, and I believe in that. And you know, we pray all the time. Um, and praying with your children, I, I think, is is really important. Um, and helping them have that relationship with the Lord, knowing that He's with them wherever they are, that they're never alone, that He's always there, He's always there protecting them. That is is critical, and um, I, I, I'm really loving the time. I, I spend a lot of time in the car with our kids these days, um, driving to school and different things, and that's kind of our time. I, I figure I've got this little window of time where I can influence them as much as I can, and then, you know, they're, they're on their own. So I really want to use this time wisely, and we talk about things. You know, we, we talk about... Um, situations in their life, situations in my life uh, that come up, choices that I have to make, decisions that, that they have to make, and we pray about them, um, talking about Bible stories, um, trying to figure out what would Jesus do in this situation. Those are, are really special, special times, and I think living as an example is important. Um you know, I'm not a yeller, but there's been times when, you know, when everything's happening at once, it's chaotic, it's crazy, the kids are fighting, um, it's it's just out of control. And there's been times when, like, you know, I'm talking to kids and, like, this ugly voice comes out. Oh, and I just... <laughs> you mean like the voice you and, used in The Incredible Hulk? Well, not quite like that. Uglier, <laughs> uglier. And I just... I think it's important, you know, to be able to apologize to our kids when we make mistakes, for them to know that we're human and and we make mistakes too, and to ask for forgiveness, uh, to to really have that communication with them. If we expect them to communicate with us, it's important that we communicate with them as well. Um, you know, I, I'm not big on punishment, but I'm very big on discipline. Um, Discipline is important. Kids crave boundaries. They need boundaries. It's too much pressure to try to, you know, have all that freedom, and I don't really believe kids want that. Uh, but I, I believe they need to make sense to to what the incident is. It's got to kind of relate to that. And just just ha- having that communication and having God throughout your home, you know, where, where, wherever you are when you're, going to school when you're at the park, just just being able to stop and pray when you need to. We're really blessed. Our kids are in Christian school, and I feel so blessed that they're able to have that opportunity because I want our kids, you know, the place where they're spending 30 hours a week, that values for to be supported, not contradicted. And I want them to be able to, to, be, to be able to pray whenever they want without getting in trouble. It sounds like you're trying to just make God 
natural, a natural part of their life, not not segregated into, okay, now we're going to have God time, or now we're going to have Jesus time. You're just trying to be very inclusive of Jesus in all aspects of their life, so that it becomes a real, genuine, uh, a natural, incorporated aspect of their life. Does, does that make sense? That, he, that he's always there. He's yeah. always there. Sometimes we kind of wish we could put him away for a while, but, you yeah. know, he's, he's always there. And um, And when I was a little girl... You know, even though my mom didn't really become a Christian until later, she she knew. You know, she um, she knew him. She just didn't have a really close relationship with the Lord. But I remember, you know, we'd hear a siren, and every time we'd hear a siren, she'd stop and pray because that meant somebody was in trouble somewhere. And just to know, I mean, that empowers kids to know that you know they can. They can do something about a situation. They can pray about it, and that's powerful. My kids always show me up at that. I remember our van broke down one day, and we just kind of cruised in. We happened to be right by my cousin's house, and we kind of pulled into their driveway. And uh, this was like 11 at night. We're heading up to the cottage. Uh, you know, we're all tired. We're like, oh, my goodness, now what are we going to do? And, and uh, well, we'll see if they're home. We knock on the door. Nobody home at, at my cousin's house. And I'm just losing it. You know, it's just one of those male, you know, stupid moments. And uh, and my uh, my son says to me, um, well, well, Dad, what, why don't you just pray? And, you know, you think, oh, shut Aww. up. Well, you, you're so spiritual. <laughs> and, oh. Anyway, so we end up we did pray, and then uh, ten minutes later, uh, my cousin showed up, and we were fine. So you know, they they tend to we show us up every once. Learn a lot from our kids. Yeah, yeah we, there's a lot to learn from our kids. Now, your mom. You said your mom uh, when you were 18. That was when you first surrendered your life to to Christ, and your mom had recently just done that herself. What's what was her journey? Well, she had, um, you know, she had grown up with religion, but not a close relationship to the Lord. Um, she kind of moved away from it, and she was, gosh, she was experimenting with all different things. You know, she tried yoga. She tried, you know, she was seeking out different religions, and she had a friend in nursing school who just had this peace about her, and she knew this woman had just as much chaos in her life as my mom did, but at the same time, she had this, this peace. And my mom said, I want that. I want, I want what you have. She just, it was like she was illuminated. And it was, it was through her, her friend Suzanne and her other friend Lolita who, um, who really brought her to the Lord. Today, my mom, I mean, she's, she's like a missionary. She, she travels with me and helps with the children when I have to travel. And wherever we go, you know, sitting on airplanes, she's just, she's talking to people and, I don't know. People just kind of open up to her, and um, and she, she, you know, she's a quiet person, but uh, she is is a great, great servant of the Lord. Where Where are your parents from originally? Uh, my mom is sixth generation California. Grew up in LA, and my dad's from Liverpool, and he moved over when he was eight years old. Were you born in Glendale? Is that was that your hometown? Yeah, I grew up there. At, well, Pasadena. And um, we moved to Santa Barbara when I was three. Okay, I had a I had an old old girlfriend from uh, La Cañada, Flint Ridge, which is around Glendale, I think, isn't it? Oh yeah, my my parents' old stomping ground. Yep, yep. Yeah, just another bad memory for me. Another another giant form of rejection when I think about that girl. <laughs> I know it's all about me. Here's another quote from you. My background in modeling alerted me to images and clothing that were unrealistic. So. 
since I'm finally on the phone with a fashion guru and, and Kathy Ireland, no less, let's talk about girls' pants being cut too low in the front and the back. And my daughter's now, you know, she's just about 13. And you combine that with the short tops, and then you throw in a thong just to make it interesting. I need you to tell me that the fashion industry is going to have something less revealing to offer by the time my daughter reaches 15. Oh, gosh. Well, we're working we're working on that in our apparel line right now. Um, our apparel line has gone through a lot of changes, and um, we're going to be doing a big relaunch in spring of 06. But, um, I, you know, it seems that kids always are going to have fashions that drive their parents crazy. It's kind of always been that way. Yeah, but, but, but there's, <laughs> um, a, there's a difference between, um, you know, uh, black, gothic, disgusting-looking, ripped stuff just to drive, you know, just to yeah. have that rebellious edge. And there's a difference between that and, you know, I'm hardly wearing anything so you can see all of my body, including my bum crack. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe in boundaries. I believe in limits and boundaries and... You know, I think every family's got to establish it and make it clear, you know, what what's what's appropriate and what's not. What what uh, Kathy, what what advice would you give women entrepreneurs these days? You know, I, there's there's more and more and more of them and, and thank goodness because I seriously believe that women are better multitaskers than guys are. So I'm so much <laughs> happier that women are running more things. But would, you know, what would you do differently had you uh, the opportunity to do it all again? I've learned so much along the way, and uh, I am a person who is very used to rejection, and I think that's a good thing because um, our team, no doesn't phase us. You know, no just means, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I believe in asking powerful questions. When someone says no, ask why, and when they say yes, ask how. Um, it's important to... You know, you have your vision, but a vision without a plan, without a strategy, it's just a dream or a hallucination. Uh, it's important to really work on, okay, this is what we want to accomplish, but how are we going to do it? And uh, and that's true in anything in life. Um, and surrounding yourself with, with a support team. I believe we all have our God-given gifts and talents. It's a matter of discovering them and developing them. I believe in focusing on our strengths and finding a support team to help us in areas where we're not strong. Um, a couple examples for myself. I'm a lousy cook and I'm not very good in the garden. I need help in those areas. Our, customer do, our customers do too. So I've turned to experts. My friend Chef Andre of A Cafe is our food and entertaining expert. And world-renowned landscape designer Nicholas Walker of Jai du Jai, which stands for Jardin du Jour, and it sounds much prettier when he says it. it but he is our outdoor living and gardening expert, and uh, it, they make it easy for me and they make it easy for our customers. And I, I think there's a lot of pressure on women in particular today to have it all and to do it all. And I believe you can have it all, just not all at once. Mm. It's a matter of prioritizing our time and you know our life comes in seasons and at each season we need to prioritize that time and for me right now our children are young and I don't want to miss anything I'm not going to get this time back and so there's lots of things that that I won't do but it's not a sacrifice because I'm living my passion I'm getting that time with them um, 
And that's true, you know, when, when we started our business, there were lots of times, you know, to save money, we slept in airports. But it wasn't a sacrifice because we were living our passion. That was what we wanted to do. And, um, and, and that's important, too, that you, um, you know, I, I had other businesses that failed, and, and I realized that wasn't my passion. I couldn't, and that really was a sacrifice. It, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think one of the things I, I when I, I learn from other people's mistakes, I, hopefully I learn from my own mistakes, too, but I really appreciate when someone says, you know, i got to be honest, as CEO of this company or as, as I've looked over my life, I tried this, it didn't work, I learned from it. I tried this, I failed miserably, I learned from it. Uh, and I guess, you know, having Kathy Ireland on the phone, being one of the most successful women entrepreneurs in, in the world right now, how can other people learn from your mistakes? Is there, is there, are there some specific mistakes that you can say, yeah, I want you to, I, I want to share this so other women can get this? Well, as I said earlier, I, I look at failure as education, and I am so well-educated. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I did uh, have a business venture that just was not my passion. There were times when I would rationalize. You know, I knew something wasn't quite right, but I would rationalize it away. Um, as a Christian, I believe it's important to be in prayer about everything, to really pray if it's God's will. Uh, it's important that you take the time to research people who you're going to be working with and to really be upfront with, you know, I, I don't believe in judging other people. Um, I hope other people don't judge me. That's God's place, and um, I sure don't want to sit in that throne of judgment and, and be there. I do believe it's it's good to, to put things out there, though, what what your your boundaries are. Um, when I met my business partners, gosh, back 16 years ago, um, went to them as, as a management company. I shared with them, you know, my faith is my first priority and my husband. And I'm going to have children one day. I don't now, but I'm going to one day. And that, that things are going to change when I have kids because they're going to be a priority too. Um, I'm a hard worker. I'm not afraid of hard work. But I don't want to go to a bunch of parties of people that I don't know. Um, and, and I put it out there, what was um, what was comfortable for me and what wasn't. And, gosh, when I've, when I've gotten in, into businesses that maybe I didn't do enough research, I didn't ask enough questions, that's when I've had problems. Um, ask, you, know, you can't ask too many questions. Just really dig deep and... And find out. I've been involved with organizations. Um, when I'm involved with a nonprofit, I really like to look at the books and make sure that these people are being wise with their money, especially if I'm going to encourage other people to invest their money in, in these organizations. It's also important that you investigate the ethics of these organizations, that you investigate what they're up to, what they're doing, how are they accomplishing this? Is it a compromise of my beliefs? And um, those are things I've learned the hard way. Hmm. Uh, you just you can't ask too many questions. No, no, that's right. Well, I can, and so I've got to, I've got to draw this uh, interview to a close so you can go back to having a life again. Sorry for taking so much of your time. <laughs> you, you support so many different charities, Kathy, and, I mean, is there one in particular that you're associated with because of a maybe a personal circumstance in your own life? They, they all have a really close 
place in my heart. Uh, my mom started the Barbara Ireland Walk for the Cure uh, in, effort, in an effort to eradicate breast cancer. Uh, she's never had it, but her mother is a survivor. Her grandmother passed away from it. She has, she's lost a best friend from it, um, and so that is is a wonderful cause. Um, there's a group of, of people in our community um, working on just just recently started uh, the Alliance for Christian Education. And the mission statement is to support and offer superlative quality Christian faith education at every level for all who desire to attend. That it is just a shame that if this is something that is only for the wealthy, that is so against what God would want, I believe. And um, to really work in an effort to get the body of Christ to come together, put aside their petty differences, and focus on the truth. Focus on, you know, the thing that we all have in common. Jesus Christ is the one and only Son of God. He died for our sins. It's through him that we have salvation. And we need to protect our children. We need to uh, to serve them in this area. And how can we just, uh, you know, throw them out at, at such a young age and just expect them to do okay? I believe there are kids who are able to be great salt in the earth. And if you've got children who are able to do that, I think it's absolutely wonderful. But if your child isn't able to do that, I know it's hard as an adult sometimes. Um, it, the world can be really tough. It can eat you up. And one thing I believe about Christian education, not that it, you know, somebody asked me, well, doesn't it just shelter kids? It puts them in a bubble. I believe it prepares them for the world. It gives them that foundation so that when they are grown, they are able to face the world with confidence. And they've got that, you know, they've, they're prepared and they're armed. And they're able to make choice, you know, good choices. They're going to make mistakes, hmm. but hopefully they won't be so self-destructive. Yeah, very, very well said, uh, Kathy. Uh, an American talk show had you on recently to discuss abortion. And, uh, my goodness, you were passionate. It was like someone just, just set you on fire. I loved it. You got fired up in a big way. Uh, do you find yourself in the minority within the circles you run in uh, when it comes to the arena of moral issues uh, such as abortion? Or Abortion is something that I just feel so strong. I'll get into other people's business about this because if I see somebody um, taking a life, you know, people say it's a private issue between a woman and her doctor. I mean, would you allow your, you know, a child to be abused in the privacy of your own home? It's um, that's something that I don't even believe you have to be a Christian to know that it's wrong to take an innocent human life. Um, atheists will support that. I mean, that is just wrong. The question is, is when does life begin? And for years, I was a Christian pro-choice woman because it just made sense to me. You know, why, even though I wouldn't have one, it's not my business to tell another woman what to do with her body. And it was through an audition I had uh, for a movie of the week, and the topic was abortion. As I was driving to the audition, I was in a lot of traffic, so I had a lot of time to think, and I realized I'd never really thought about that issue. I just assumed I was pro-choice, but I started, like, kind of asking myself questions in my head, and I got to the audition, and there was a huge line of people before me, so I had more time to 
ask questions. And by the time I got in for my turn, um, I had questions. And the producers were very kind, and they said, this is an important film. And they said, you know, you, you are pro-choice, aren't you? And I said, yes. But as I said yes, as it just fell out of my mouth, I realized I wasn't. And I realized at that moment I was in the worst place for me to ever be. I was on the fence. And it's like, I just can't be on the fence on such an important issue. And I completely choked on the audition. I was so distracted. <laughs> but I got home and I went through my husband's medical books. He's an ER doctor. Um, and because of that, we have a lot of those around. And I just, and he was, you know, pro-choice as well. Um, but I, as I was looking through them, I was like, wait a minute. At the moment of conception, a new life is conceived. The complete blueprint, the DNA is there, the blood type is determined, the fingerprint is determined, the sex is determined, and this life grows and continues to grow until it dies. And I showed Greg that. I was like, this is a person. This is a human being. You know what? And it's like, yeah, it is. Wow. You know, how did I, how did I miss that? And I've been begging people, you know, please, you know, my pro-choice Friends, people I know, I've called Planned Parenthood, please show me some evidence that the unborn is not a human being. I've talked with the leading scientists in the world and asked them to please show me some evidence that the unborn is not a human being. Because if the unborn is not a human being, it doesn't matter. Sure. As many abortions as you want, whenever you want, um, it's, you know, it, no explanation is, is justified, but... If it is, you know, no, no justification is adequate unless another human life is at stake, and that being that of the mother. And, and in that instance, you're not acting to kill. You're acting to save a life. You're acting to save the life of the mother. And, you know, the sad byproduct of that is that the baby dies. But that's it's not your intent to kill. And something I do have to say as Christians, though, I believe we have such an important responsibility. God forgives abortion. And, you know, it, nothing is too big for him. He forgives that. And sometimes as Christians, we can come down on people and judge them. And in doing so, we are guilty of, I believe, a much greater sin. Because if through our actions, if we turn someone away from the Lord, they're going to go and tell 10 of their friends. And, you know, we know that the baby has been aborted. Um, we know that's wrong. Um, we also know that through the grace of God, that baby has been saved. That baby has salvation. But if we jeopardize someone's salvation because of our actions, um, that is just not a, not a thing that we want to be any, any bit a part of. And it's so important that we treat people with love and respect. Kathy, or do you get frustrated with with the response that the Christian community has in general to, to these sorts of issues, uh, whether that's it's uh, you know overreaction or or getting on their high moral horse or? I think a lot of times people don't you know they, they they'll, they'll put we're talking about murder on one hand, and yes, God is very clear about what He says is right and wrong. He He's very clear. He also talks about, you know, he talks about lying. He talks about greed and gluttony and fornication and, um, you know, many other sins that are oftentimes lumped together. And oftentimes as Christians, I think what 
we like to do is focus in on ones that we might not have an issue with. Um, yeah. Cause it may, I don't know. Maybe it makes us feel better. Well, I don't have an issue here, and I know I never will. Um, but it's wrong. Well, you, you know, I, I mean, God is God is the judge, and I believe that, you know, if we just go around trying to change people, we're going to have a lot of angry people, and if they if they drop, you know, may, maybe somebody's um, a compulsive liar, and we tell them, you know, quit doing that; it's wrong. They'll give that sin up and, and do something else. It, it's God who changes the heart, and I believe it's important that, that we can gently lead people to the Lord and let Him change their heart and let Him work on their heart, and that we can be. An example. I think sometimes we talk too much. Yeah. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth, and I, I love the I love the part in, in James: be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And you know, Scripture tells us to seek to understand rather than be understood. And it's important to you know it, it's through love that I believe people will be changed from the inside out that they will. Follow the Lord, and I'm just I, I'm leaving that judgment up to Him. Uh, but when it when it comes to the issue of abortion, though, I, I see children um, being killed, and that is a moral wrong, no matter what your beliefs are. Uh, until somebody can prove to me that that uh, the unborn are not human beings, um, you know, according to the law of biogenesis, all life comes from pre-existing life. Each species reproduces after its own kind. Therefore, human beings reproduce human beings. And so if anybody has any, you know, any, any evidence otherwise, I sure would love to hear it. You know, uh, Kathy, you, you are able to mix passion and grace in a way that is very refreshing, very, very, uh, very rare. I don't know. It reminds me. I, I think of the of the the Christians or the genuine. And I'm starting to to not use the phrase Christian so much because it's just it's such a polluted word. It's such a loaded word, and people are just misinterpreting it left, right, and center. So the the genuine followers of Christ that I talk to in in Hollywood or or in in the media or who have some sort of form of celebrity, they almost don't want the Christians to know that they're that they're actually a follower of Christ. They're not afraid of letting the real world know that they're they're followers of Christ, but it's almost as though they're afraid that the Christians are going to find out, and then when they do, they're going to sink their hooks into them and try to try to define them in their ways, in their terms, and they're going to look at them under this magnifying glass that even the world wouldn't be so harsh as to do such a thing. Do you do you find that at all? Oh gosh, I'm I I, I, I kind of keep my personal life you know away from. I, I'm really not a part of the whole Hollywood. Thing, um, but I know it is human nature to try to put people in a box, and and I'm sure that does happen with celebrities. You know, people want to put them in a box and claim them, and assume that if they agree with them on one thing, they're they're going to agree with them on all things. And I just I refuse to let anybody put me in a box, whether it's you know politics or or anything. Um, you know, I believe that labels cause us to dismiss one another, assuming that we know all there is to know about that person. When did, when did you start sort of coming out as a Christian? When did you sort of feel more bold about telling people publicly that you were a, a genuine follower of Christ? Well, gosh, you know, it, it, as I said earlier, um, 
I, I was very rarely seen and very, very rarely heard. <laughs> Nobody really wanted to listen to me. Wait, yeah, what was um, that, what was that definition had, someone gave you of your voice? I had a voice that could kill small animals. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, there were interviews that I did early in my career that I remember somebody asking me who my hero was, and I said, Jesus Christ. And when I saw it printed, that part was edited out. Um, that had happened a couple times. Um, I remember the first time I really had the opportunity, I was doing the Arsenio Hall show, and he said, you know, you you somehow avoided, um, you know, getting yourself in trouble and getting hurt from that modeling business. How did you do it? And I shared with him it was my best, you know, I had a best friend um, who helped me, and he just said, oh, who was that? And I said, Jesus Christ. And, um... I do remember the audience got really quiet <laughs> at that point. But um, it felt really good. And um, it's just, you know, I'm not ashamed of him. I'm, um, you know, I, I never want to exploit him, and I never want to exploit my relationship with him. And at the same time, I he's everything. He is my life, and without him, I'm nothing. So I'm not ashamed of him, and I'm not going to, not going to deny him. I had an opportunity at, at work um, a few years ago. I was uh, doing a play. Called, I was set to do a play called Three Tall Women, one of Edward Albee's plays. And there was one line in it that took the Lord's name in vain. And I'd had situations before where I would just change a line and nobody would even notice. But in this case, and, and I told the director, well, I do have a problem um, with this one line, but, you know, I'll just say something else. And he said, oh, no, no, you can't do that. This is Edward Albee, and nobody changes one word of his. He's fought for the rights of writers, and you don't change a word of his. And so I just said, wow. And I knew our team had worked hard to get me this job and everything, and I I prayed about it. And I called back, and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Um, It's, I mean, other groups have lobbyists and people who will fight for them, but who is going to fight for Jesus? It's got to be the people who love him. And the director called me back, and he said, you know, while we can't change the word, can we change the character? And can we change the whole intent? And can we make her speaking in prayer to Jesus? And I said, that I can do. That I can do. Wow, good on you. And so that was... That was a, a powerful change, and um, you know, God can take situations and, and make them into something good. And I think no matter where we are in our life, no matter what we're doing, sometimes we can have a job where we don't maybe we don't feel like it's important or we're being of service. But God can use us wherever we are, and there's people all around who um, who need some love. I'm so proud of you for doing that. That thing with the play. That was just that's a that's a very inspirational story. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, thank you. Okay, well we're gonna finish off this uh, conversation with Kathy Ireland. It has just been fantastic. Uh I can't think of a better person to have interviewed for our Mother's Day special. Uh UCLA voted you one of the top ten women health advocates and you are a certified fitness instructor who has produced five internationally best selling fitness videos. You're a 42, I think that's right, 42-year-old mother of three. And uh, from what I can see, you're still in great shape. You have an amazing outlook on life. Now, I, I hear you're not perfect. Uh, apparently, you, you feel that you're a lousy cook. I, I think that's up, <laughs> that's up for debate. But 
But what would what would be the top three pieces of advice that you would give to mothers who are at that age where they just don't care anymore? You know what I mean? They they don't care about their body, they don't care about their marriage, they don't care about their future or their spiritual lives. They've just sort of given up. What would you say to them, Kathy? Say that you know, put your eyes on the Lord and and just focus on Him, and that's where we get hope. He's our source of hope. And when you're talking about hopelessness and not caring about anything, um, that's let him work on your heart. Just open your heart to him, and um, that's really the only place we're, we're going to get it from. To really, you know, have that that kind of change from inside out to give us that kind of joy, no matter what circumstances. You know, we all have great pain in our lives and. In sorrow, we can, however, experience joy in the midst of those challenging circumstances through him. And, um, you know, I, I just would recommend to, I, I always can tell in myself when my priorities are out of whack because that's when the stress comes in and I am not effective at anything. I get in a funky mood and it's just not working. <laughs> yeah. But when I just stop and think, okay, am I putting him first, you know, and then my family, and then everything else, and uh, it's really important to just, you know, make sure your priorities are in order and keep your eyes on the Lord. Kathy Ireland, CEO of Kathy Ireland Worldwide, finding solutions for home, families, women, uh, I mean... It's your website is phenomenal. It really is. It's a classy looking website. It's very interactive. There is a ton of information there. Uh, it is www.kathyireland.com. Very simple. And the book that you've written, Powerful Inspirations, Eight Lessons That Will Change Your Life. People can get that on Amazon. Thank you so much uh, for spending this this uh, great amount of time with us. You, you've inspired me as uh, as as a guy who you know just tries to follow Christ and and not uh, not compromise. I admire your integrity. Uh, the sustaining hand of God has been obviously on your life for many, many years, and I know you're the first person that would that would give him the credit for the fact that you didn't you didn't end up in the gutter, you know, over the years of of doing the modeling thing. Um, so I guess just to sort of summarize the whole thing, Kathy Ireland, thank you so much for for being willing to to share your heart with people. Well, thank you. I think it's a it's a very cool deal. You're very transparent. Thank you. Well, thank you, Drew. Thank you for thank you for having this great show.